Hey everybody, welcome back to season two of Midweek at the Compass. My name's Jake and I'm one of the pastors here and just love that we get to have some additional faith conversations based on what we're talking about in our weekend services. And to kick things off this season, we want to do something slightly different. And I want to go back to the sermon series we just wrapped up called Origins, where mixed in there, we were studying the book of Ezra and learning about the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. But mixed in with that, we were also learning about the 70-year history of the Compass Church. So we want to have more of those conversations. So what we've done is we've been able to line up some former pastors and elders of our church to let you in behind the scenes a little bit more of what was happening during their tenures here at the church. And, you know, Jeff has done a fantastic job with our Wheaton campus and delving that into the entirety of our church history. But there's one thing that we haven't quite gotten to yet. And that's a letter that we found as we were doing some initial research of why did the Compass Church even start? This letter is written by somebody who just goes by Francis. And it starts out by saying just this. It started with a vision. A vision to reach boys and girls and young people for Christ. A vision for the other fields that were waiting to be harvested. A vision to present the joy of music, of singing and making melody unto the Lord. That's why our church started. And over the course of time, we've had some great pastors, fantastic elders, all mixed into what we've been doing here. Well, today we're going to start things off with a conversation with a former senior pastor of our Naperville campus. His name's Lee Isley. He was our senior pastor here back starting in like the 1980 range. So instead of hearing more from me about that, let's learn more about the Compass Church's history with this conversation with Lee Isley. Lee, thank you for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm wondering you if you me. could start us out just by when it was that you joined EFCN. Uh, we joined EFCN back in the late 80s, 87, 88, something like that. Where had you come from previously? I was pastoring a Bible church down in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. So can you remember what the Evangelical Free Church of Naperville was like when you got there? It was a vibrant community of, of believers. It was a community where it was reaching out to families, a lot of families coming into the church. And uh, it was just a on-the-go kind of a congregation. So can you let me know when you started, where were you meeting? Were you already at the location on Hobson Road? That's correct. Still, just, yeah, we were there. Okay. Uh, and about how many people do you think were attending at the time when you first started? When I first started there, it was around 300. And when I left, around 1,000. Wow. That's a lot of growth in a decade. Yeah. So can you pinpoint some of the things that you could attribute to what was happening during that season of time? Well, that season of time, just Naperville itself was growing. I mean, just, it was exploding. People were moving in here and settling in the Naperville area. And, and so of the evangelical churches, Naperville Evangelical Free Church was, was, a, was a strong possibility. And so people would come and join. We had Bible studies for women, children, youth, adults of all kinds, and that's what they were looking for. Very nice. And it was a staff. We, we had a wonderful staff of people, strong staff. 
who loved people, who welcomed people, who, you know, they, you were t we were talking about bossing somebody, but no, nobody needed bossing. There was just a, a real sense of just serving together. Yeah, and one of those people just is still on our staff here is Rick Pearson. You can't get rid of Rick. <laughs> <laughs> as much as we may have tried, right? <laughs> well, Rick was my first contact when I flew into the uh, Chicago O'Hare uh, to be picked up to come interview at the, with the committee in Naperville. He was the one who picked me up and brought me out to the church, so that, he was my first contact meeting the staff. And we graduated from the same seminary decades ago, and so we had a, we had a wonderful time together. Oh, that's exciting. He was the youth pastor, and so. I would love to just ask an open-ended question of just what are some stories from your time here that stand out to you, whether it's specific people or ministry as a whole? Uh, I'm just wondering if you could, you know, paint a little bit of a picture of some of the things that you experienced God do during your decade the Evangelical Free Church? That's a good question. And uh, one of the things that I remember is that we had a, a great camaraderie of staff. We would come together, we would work together, we would labor together, pray together. And, um, you know, we had one passion, and that is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. A disciple is someone who had a growing commitment to Christ in terms of his lordship and leading in his life and family. And we just labored together to see that happen in all areas of our ministry. I remember one of the first stories I have about memories of the free church in Naperville. Uh, it was my first time to speak after candidating and everything. We, were, we had moved here and my first time to speak in the church as their new pastor. And it was the opportunity to, you know, come out and preach. It was uh, Thanksgiving Eve, okay? And so they had wired me up with the sound system, and I had gone to the men's restroom before the service started, and somebody came in and said, Pastor, be quiet. We can hear you out in the auditorium. <laughs> so I became a guarded preacher after that. <laughs> Uh, oh, that might be <laughs> one of my favorite stories so far. And so, uh, <laughs> so you're in good company. When when our current senior pastor Jeff Griffin was called, um, it was a vote service. Um, and he was told not to be on site. Have you heard this story yet? Mm, no. So he was told not to be on site while the vote was happening. So they said, we'll get a hold of you when it looks like all the questions are wrapping up. We'll have you come over and everything will be fine. So he said, okay. Well, all of a sudden he, he gets a phone call saying, hey, there were no questions. You need to get here immediately. <laughs> So he's like driving lightning speed from downtown Naperville to the church and trying to change as he's coming uh, and gets up on stage and realize that his fly's down. <laughs> so he had a Bible in hand and he's just told, used it as a sermon illustration afterwards. So I feel comfortable in sharing that, but I just wonder if maybe that's, you know, yeah, something well, about being the senior pastor here. That you got to watch it, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering, can you remember any other stories of, uh, you know, just 
what was what was happening in the life of the church from you know the 80s into the 90s? What was happening kind of in society that was impacting people coming to church? Um, does anything from that end maybe stand out? Well, this was a community that had a lot of transient people and families here. And some would come and do their Chicago experience in their company and then move, you know. So there were a lot of ups and downs in people's families' life. And, and so it became a, the church became a stabilizing force with all the activities that we had for the, for the, for the family. And so that was a good thing. And we found that uh, as we did that, uh, you know, that reached out to people. And uh, so it worked. So would you think that it was your family ministry at the time that was kind of the, the bread and butter of what you were all were doing at EFCN, or do you think it was more than that? Well, I think it was that to a large extent. We had a family ministry, and as the church began to grow, we, I saw that we had a lot of, uh, a lot of um, Indians coming into our church, and so we created an international ministry. And that drew people in from that kind of a background. And so just being willing to change, to move. The church itself was going through a, a change of governance at the time. It was, uh, when it started and by the time when I was here, it was a, a strongly elder-led governing church. And I knew that if the church was going to grow the way that most people wanted it to grow, it would have to become a pastor-led, staff-led church. And that created some tension with some of the elders, which, you know, giving up control and, and being a, a leader in the church in a different kind of a format. Uh, but it, it took place, and I think it's been a healthy experience for the church all over the years to have pastors who are, who are in charge of the ministry under the leadership of the elders, uh, you know, sponsorship of the elders. That's uh, fascinating. And I, I am the beneficiary, you know, 25, 30 years later of a move like that. You of, don't look like you're 25. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> 37. 37. 37. Okay, all right. For whatever that's worth. I've been here all my adult life. Yeah. So, um, so you mentioned, you know, the shift in how elders were running the church. Can you think of other maybe difficult seasons that the Lord was able to bring you through? I, I just imagine... That season of growth like that just causes strain. Well, there was strain and stress uh, within certain members of the congregation, especially when it came to developing the, the facility out, you know. And we just had that one worship area and staff uh, offices there. And then we, we added on to, to, the, uh, to the north of that building, the educational wing, and then we expanded the... Uh, educational part of the church north, south of that, and then a breezeway out front. So we had several building things, and there were people who just didn't want to go in debt, and that, that challenged the, the church. And uh, there, were some, there was some tension in that at times. But, you know, you raise funds, and people give, and people sacrifice, and look what you have today. Absolutely. So I don't think I realized that even the the south half of the Naperville campus had different building phases to it. Yeah. So yeah. it was just the worship center and offices, and then you said kind of north of that got built out and south of that got built out. Yeah, south of that, uh, I don't know what it is today, but, you know, the staff, the pastor's offices were just uh, off to the, uh, I can't let's see, this, off to the south of the, 
I was in the sanctuary. Yeah. And then we built a educational, two-story educational building. Uh, I connected to that, and it was uh, that was where JT spent a lot of his time, and and Rick. <laughs> JT is JT Bean. JT Bean. Okay, I've heard the name. You've come heard up. the name. Yeah. He's a wonderful guy. Oh, good, good. Um, I was wondering if you could tell me about the season of you leaving Evangelical Free Church of Naperville. Just what, what was going on in your life? How did you feel God was leading you towards what was next? Well, I think uh, that's a good question. I never thought of it like that. It was just, you know, you're, you're open to the leading of the Lord, what God's doing in your life. And uh, the church in Milwaukee, Redeemer Evangelical Church, contacted me to see if I'd come up there. They were going through a similar thing that the free church here was going through when I first came. And they just wanted some leadership that had some experience in that area. And uh, boy, the church at Naperville was, was really growing. And we had, I remember thinking at one time we had a, a $2 million budget. Here I am, a country boy from North Carolina with a $2 million budget. How do I manage that? <laughs> and so it was a, a refreshing opportunity for me, Jerry and my wife, to move and go into a different direction. Oh, good. So we've got 70 years of history of the Compass Church now, backdating to our Wheaton campus at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could forecast out for me. Uh, you're, the church you said you're serving at now is celebrating 170 years. So forward think another 70 to 100 years. What would you hope the Compass Church would look like during that time? Well, I would hope the Compass Church would stay faithful to the call of being a a congregation to meet needs of people and families. If it did that, it would be faithful to its calling. I remember when we started the, the Three Rivers Church and the uh, church down in uh, uh, Joliet. Uh, those, were, those were great opportunities for us. And people got behind those projects. And so the very fact that you're expanding your ministry is a, is a wonderful thing to do. I don't know what's going to happen to the church, the church in general, uh, in the future with all the changes that we're going through, but something's going to happen. And I think what's needed is a, is a con- are congregations that are committed to local ministries, families, people who are going through difficult times, and uh, whether they are large or small, they are needed for the, for the cause of Christ. Yeah. So that reminds me when you were saying that, were you the, the lead pastor as the New Song Church in Bolingbrook yeah, yeah. and Ansbury yeah. Rivers as we planted both of those churches? Yeah we, yeah, we did. What was that process like? Oh, it was wonderful. When I came here, uh, the, I was not a free church person. I was an independent Bible church pastor. And so I, I got involved in understanding what the free church mission as a denomination was all about. And the thing that struck me, that, caught, that challenged me when I came here was they, the, the, their theme was 2,000 by 2,000. This was in the late 80s. They wanted to have 2,000 congregations by the, by the year 2000. That was a great challenge when they only had about 1,800 at that time. So 200 more congregations to be established. And so that got into my blood, planning a church. And so when I got here, I understood that uh, there was a church that this church was involved in starting out in the Aurora area that went, didn't go anywhere, just fizzled out. 
So there had to be a different way of starting a church. And so the challenge that I gave to the elders and to the staff was, let's hire somebody, bring them onto our campus here as a staff member, work with our people, get to know our people, and then we'll send them out someplace, you know. And that's the way we did uh, New Song and, and Three Rivers. Uh, there just happened to be some shown labor boys in our church at the time. And when that became known, they said, well, we've got a brother out in California, and, you know, he wants to get back in this area. And So that's how we connected with Marty, and he was just a gem of a person to come on our staff, get to know people. He was a great communicator. He, he was a great church starter. That's, that's his passion. And so uh, he came, and then he left to start the church down in uh, Bolingbrook. Same way with, uh, with uh, New Song. Uh, I had a lady come knock on the door one day. I was in my office. She came and she said, you got just a minute, Pastor? I said, yeah, come on in. And she was living down in Joliet area. She, they went to a church and they were, they were tired of that church. It was not meeting their needs. And she'd heard of something about the free church. And she said, I want, to talk, I want to know about the free church. And we talked about it. She said, will you help us get a church started down in, in, in Joliet area? I said, I'd be glad to. And so that triggered a thought to start a church down there. And, uh, and then long story short, somehow we got connected with uh, uh, Clem Walchauser. Yep. And uh, he, he came down from uh, Wisconsin. And, you know, there it is. He, he started working with our people, started working with the people down in that area. And the church started. Well, I need to take a moment to personally thank you then, too, because... The Three Rivers campus is yes. now part of the Compass Church. I know, and I know. The foundation and the passion that was stirring in your heart 30 years later is turned into a, a passion and a desire to lead a campus well of yeah. some wonderful, I, I've wonderful I've had the people. opportunity to keep in touch when, 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 Mark, when Walt was there. And, you know, it's just a wonderful thing to see what God's doing. Yeah. Differently. Fantastic. As always, thank you to each of you joining us today at Midweek at the Compass. And thank you to Lee Isley for his time and sharing his thoughts and what he saw God do in the midst of his tenure at the Naperville campus of what is now the Compass Church. And make sure you join us again next week where we're going to be joined by our former senior pastor, Dale Hummel. Dale's been responsible for a lot of things that you now see and recognize as just being part of the Compass Church. Things like the name, the Compass Church, multi-site, and so much more. So make sure you join us next time we're together here at Midweek at the Compass.